Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to the Function of Coffee podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Moran. The genre of this podcast is wildcard and covers many very interesting topics. Well, as we go on a wild ride today, hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and again, thanks for listening to the Function of Coffee podcast. Today is the introductory ground floor episode of this podcast. I would like the genre to be a wild card, but to be honest, I don't know what kind of podcast I want to make yet. So this podcast will cover all the topics that interest me. So again, welcome to the first episode of The Function of Coffee. And this episode will serve as a launch pad. I plan to introduce myself and the premise of the series, again, repetitively over and over again, and then dive into some of the topics that I'll be discussing in future episodes. Without further ado, I'll jump straight into my biography. My name is Nicholas Moran, and at the time of this writing, I'm around two to three decades old. I was born and raised in a rural town in the southeast of the United States of America. I have a bachelor's in computer science from a Louisiana university, as well as getting close to completing a master's in computer science from a different Louisiana university. And as a profession, I am a developer and work for a Java shop, which is a business that primarily does Java. You programmers know what I'm talking about. Things that I like to do, I love to talk about the Bible. I love talking about programming and even sometimes just general technology, building computers, all kinds of interesting stuff, video games. Specifically, to, to talk about programming, my, my favorite language is Java. Scala is slowly stealing my heart, but I, I'm still very much a Java boy. I dabble in Python, flirt with JavaScript. An interesting fun fact about me, though, I am a trained COBOL programmer. I had an internship in college where I worked on a IBM ZOS mainframe writing COBOL. It was for an insurance company in my home state. It was an excellent internship. However, COBOL was an interesting language. I am not excited to go out and find a new COBOL job. Today, at the time of this recording, we are in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. And there are lots of COBOL jobs that apparently pay lots of money, and and they are enticing. Do not get me wrong. I'm just not necessarily gung-ho to go find one. COBOL was interesting, but not something I'd like to do every single day. At that internship, I learned about legacy technology and methods that have since expanded my personal technology stack. For example, I did Visual Basic projects, and worked on legacy web dev projects. At the time, I was in college, and most of my web developer experience centered around using Bootstrap. I was amazed at some of these legacy web dev projects that used HTML tables to position content on the screen, just manipulating the margins in CSS. Still to this day, I, I, I find it fascinating. I, I really do. I, I think it was cool. Old web devs before all these crazy JavaScript frameworks are interesting to me. 
just because the like JavaScript is like playing with this soup where the DOM is the soup and you're just manually moving things around. It's it's so weird. It's like there's this weird thrill in doing low level low level programming that is similar to doing vanilla JavaScript DOM manipulation. It's it's difficult to explain, and I might be the only person who feels that way about it. But some of these legacy projects were very cool because of that reason. And JavaScript in and of itself is fun because it's hacky, right? But if I digress, I digress. Newer CSS solutions are way better, and I'm by no means advocating the the old ways. The old ways were not better. Ah, oh, no, that's not true. Moving on on the Java side of things, I really love the performance versus what I call creature comforts that Java offers. For example, I understand that Java is verbose. It is a language from the 90s, older than I am, in fact, and that is a relic of old languages. Verbose that, you know, because back in the day, people didn't expect the compiler to do things for you. No, no, you had to program it out yourself. You're a code monkey, go to coding. But it is a relic of those old language and it lives on today even with the verbosity of the language it contains many excellent modern features that i call creature comforts it does all this while running on a incredibly performant jvm the java virtual machine maybe i'll have an episode about the jvm in the future but glossing over the jvm is why i i love java and, and Scala, it is performant. It is extremely fast. I, I wrote a Java program one time to replace a Fortran program, and it ran almost as quick. Um, I'll talk about that in the future one day, but incredible. JVM is amazing. That's the best feature of Java, in my opinion. Because you get all of that performance with the JVM, and then a lot of the creature comforts, right? You get like garbage collection. You get in newer versions of Java, you have dynamic typing, you, you, you have lambdas, you have all of this really cool creature comfort stuff that you don't necessarily get in some legacy languages that are as old as Java. You can also leverage a ton of existing projects in the Java community cross-platform, and we'll get into that in a second. The different JAR repositories are incredible, excellent, JBoss, Maven Central, whatever. Java does all of this with the portability, which makes all that incredible. So the, that portability, that portability for me as a, a Java developer is extremely important. I've been involved with C++ projects that are developed on Windows, but are not allowed to use Microsoft's Visual Studio compiler. Instead, MinGW is used for compilation. Now GCC is excellent on Unix, Unix and BSD, but the Windows port, and this is anecdotal is not really the best. Theoretically, the code should be cross-platform, but what may compile on MinGW probably won't compile on GCC. And moving on even, just comparing some of these languages' portability to that of Java and the other JVM languages. Even JavaScript and Python have their cross-compatibility issues, and you may say, whoa, hold up. 
JavaScript and Python are interpreted languages. Surely they are cross-platform, and, and yes, largely they are. JavaScript, when you talk about the website of things, it is dependent on the interpreter. And nowadays, you know, interpreters are pretty consistent. The consortium or whoever it is behind the ECMAScript standard that has made all these great strides in defining these prototypes and structural details for Chrome's V8 and whatever Mozilla's monkey grease thing. I, I think it's grease monkey that Mozilla does. And even Microsoft jumped on board because Microsoft and Internet Explorer was the reason web development was so hairy for so long because IE was so popular. But it's JavaScript interpreter had different functions in it. I was I was reading the other day about how JavaScript, the JavaScript interpreter and older versions of IE didn't support get and set attribute. So for example, let's say you had a DOM element and you want to set a, a certain class on that DOM element. You couldn't just do set attribute on that DOM element. What you had to do is you had to say dot class equal and give it a string of your classes because the IE interpreter didn't support the set attribute. There are all kinds of crazy stuff. And that's probably a different podcast in the future. And that's just talking about the web side of things. Now, Node obviously just runs on Chrome's V8 interpreter on the this uh, uh, proverbial server side air quotes as I'm doing right now so node is better for cross compatibility however again anecdotal certain libraries can cause issues for example I was working on a project on a Raspberry Pi I was I was trying to make my own blogging website just just for fun you know it's, it's actually really simple and I was using a SQLite database on this Raspberry Pi to store all of my posts to the blog and I was using node and I wanted to utilize this SQLite database driver that I found on NPM. So I went NPM installed, tried to do it on my Raspberry Pi. However, it would not build because a lot of these node projects and Python projects to be performant and often sometimes to interface with some of the, the lower level stuff like a SQLite binary database in a performant way has to have these binaries built and then linked, right? And, and used in a linked fashion. And this particular binary was not compiling with GCC on this version of Raspbian, which was a very big issue at the time. Python has some similar issues to this one node project, but on a much greater scale. Even to the point where some projects will be compiled and usable on multiple OSs, but with different bugs. For example, Pandas is an excellent library for data science, and I was using it for a machine learning project I was working on. So I was writing code on a Windows laptop that I have, and this laptop is very fairly beefy. It's got like a quad-core i7 and 32 gigabytes of RAM, but I had a Linux VM that had a ton of power, just raw power. And at the time, this VM had 64 gigabytes of RAM and like 24 cores. It was ridiculous. It, since then, I've actually beefed it up even more. But the version of Pandas I was using had a known bug where on Linux, 
where the garbage collector would not collect unused data frames. This bug was only on Linux and not on Windows, so my code would run perfectly fine on my Windows computer with 32 gigs of RAM and four cores. However, as soon as I put it on my Linux computer, boof, pop, pop, explode, fire everywhere, ah. And other projects, kind of moving off that and talking about other issues with with Python, other projects will build on Linux, but won't build on Windows because of GCC and people don't want to use the Visual Studio compiler. I don't know. Now, Anaconda does a good job of trying to bridge this gap with its pre-built libraries, but this is only true for the libraries in Anaconda. If your library is not included in Anaconda, well, you're kind of, as they say, SOL. Java, on the other hand, disregarding some tightly coupled libraries, I know of one file-watching library that is very dependent on the Windows API, Windows System, Operating System API. Uh, I know Java will run on whatever OS as long as there is a running JVM. To switch gears out of programming and, and to kind of put a cap on this episode, I, I want this podcast to be not only about programming and technology, but also about some of the other things I like to talk about, such as the Bible um, with devotionals. And I, I feel that there is a community of people who just want to be able to sit down and talk about the Bible, talk about things that happen in the Bible without necessarily a spiritual context. A, a lot of times in modern Christianity, we when we sit down to talk about the Bible, we can't just talk about scripture. We have to talk about the spiritual meat of the scripture. Blah, 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 blah. You, you know, it has to be the sermon and that is great. And, and I probably will have some devotionals like that. But I would also like this to be something that you can listen to and just be able to, to understand and hear the scripture. I, you know, like many people who were raised in the South, I've spent my whole life in church. And as a result, I have spent my whole life around the Bible and reading the Bible. And I do have a great deal of respect for the good book. But I find often that people have a view that they have received from their pastor about the Bible, and not necessarily a view of their own personal opinions and interfacing with the Bible. And and that's what I would really like, is to spur conversation about passages in the Bible without trying to push any type of uh, doctrinal dogma mumbo-jumbo. On people, there's your word for today. Mumbo jumbo. Wombo combo. And that's what I would really like to do with my topics about the Bible. And I think the Bible is such a timeless book that it is, scripture says that study to show thyself approved. Rightly dividing the word of truth. I believe that's 2 Timothy 3.15, 3.16. I don't know. It's somewhere in Timothy. And scripture is just so powerful. So powerful. It's it's so to, to cap off today's episode, I hope everybody has a great day. And I look forward to making many awesome episodes, maybe about some of the stuff I mentioned today, maybe some cool devotional stuff. We'll see. I really look forward to where this is going to go. I hope everyone has a excellent day. See you later.